Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and thank you so much for tuning in to this week's Food for Thought, a podcast on a mission to equip you with all the evidence-based advice that you need to live and breathe a healthy lifestyle. I'm Rhiannon Lambert, a registered nutritionist, best-selling author of Renourish, A Simple Way to Eat Well and founder of Retrition, London's leading private nutrition clinic. In each episode, I'll be joined by special guests, all of whom can be considered authoritative voices in health, so that together we can learn fact from fiction and empower the healthiest and happiest versions of ourselves with trusted expert advice. Relationships with food have become complex and in some cases obsessive. In times of uncertainty, it's little wonder a surge in disordered eating and damaged relationships with food have appeared. And thankfully, though, we do all have the power to rebuild and change our approach and to shun those diets for good. This week's Food for Thought sees one of our own registered nutritionists at the Retrition Clinic, Sophie Bertrand and I, explore the principles behind anti-dieting approaches to help you fall back in love with eating. Hello, Sophie. Hi, Rhiannon. <laughs> it's so delightful to have our very own um, our very own Retrition Nutritionist on the podcast. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy to be here. It's exciting. Yeah, no, it is. I think it's something that we've wanted to discuss and we needed to find the right time. And I thought this would be perfect at the moment. I guess in the line of work you do in our clinic, how quickly have you seen people change their relationship with food? Um, It really depends on the individual, I guess. I think a lot of people identify that they have a difficult relationship with food and they're quite eager to change it quite quickly. But it can be anywhere from kind of months or maybe years, depending on how long, you know, you've had a disordered relationship with food. However, it is really important to note that small positive changes can have a really big impact. So it's definitely worth going on that journey, you know, maybe getting your head around the fact that it's not going to be really quick, but it's definitely worth it. And you can see positive changes in just small amounts of time. Yeah, I think that's quite motivational. And actually, a lot of the time, I think where we tend to go wrong in our lives with with our relationships with food sometimes can be the expectations that are not perhaps very realistic that we grow up with that you know a drastic change is what's needed to see results but like you said I think small and 
not small and steady, slow and steady wins the race. Yeah. That's the phrase, isn't it? Slow and steady. Yes, <laughs> um, absolutely. And you work specifically for us on intuitive eating. Now, I know that's your special area, but could you perhaps explain to our listeners what exactly intuitive eating is? Yeah, definitely. So it's an approach to health and food that has nothing to do with diets or discipline or willpower, all of those things that you kind of associate um, with dieting, I guess. And I've worked with so many clients now who are finally not spending all their time thinking about food. And, you know, when you, I think a lot of us have been there when you wake up in the morning and you think, okay, what am I going to eat? When am I going to eat? How much am I going to eat? And it just takes over your entire day. And it's so refreshing and so rewarding as well to work with clients and have them slowly, you know, just be able to live their day and not be constantly thinking about food. And I do feel like a lot of people will be kind of listening to this thinking, okay, that's me. You know, I wake up and I'm thinking about food. I go to bed and I'm thinking about food. And that is usually a sign that something isn't quite right with your relationship with food. So, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, it's it's definitely something that I think everybody should have an option to be able to receive help for in, in an ideal world. And why do you think it really works for you and, and the clients that we have at the Retrition Clinic? Well, at the beginning of my nutrition career, I, I'd never even heard of intuitive eating, but I really was on this kind of mission to discover um, some sort of approach that allowed us to eat for enjoyment and nourishment. Because we're not going to forget that nutrition is important and we do need to place some focus on that. But the mentality behind, you know, eating and dieting or whatever you want to call it is so, so important. So when I did come across this approach, I really felt like it was exactly what I'd been looking for. And using this approach in my practice has just been, I would go for as far as saying life changing for mm. so many of my clients now. Yeah, it's completely transformational, I think, because it was a missing piece in the puzzle sometimes. And Mm. let's start, I guess we're talking about this like everybody knows, but let's discuss (laughs) what the approach actually is, because it's made up of a range of principles, isn't it? Let's delve into those. Yeah, so there are 10 principles and often people get overwhelmed and they're like, oh, 10 things to remember. Mm -hmm. And you can go as slowly or as quickly as you want or need to. They don't need to be put into place or practice in order either. So I'll just run through uh, briefly what they are. So the first one is to reject the diet mentality. And that's arguably one of the most difficult things to do and probably the, the best place to start as well. Um, second one is honour your hunger signals because a lot of us have kind of learnt to ignore those signals or switch them off. Um, for some reason, we've kind of been taught that feeling hungry is bad. Um, third, mm. make peace with food. Let's just go into what do you mean by make peace with food? Let's go, go into that Yeah, so often when you have been dieting for X amount of time, you learn to see food as a bit of, you know, an enemy or... Mm something that you need to battle with or fight or argue with and I think a lot of people again will be able to resonate when I say we have that kind of angel and devil voice on our shoulder and you know you might say oh I really fancy a donut and then that devil voice will say no you know you shouldn't have a donut that's really bad so by this principle kind of helps you legalize all foods and a lot of the time when you do that which again seems really scary initially But when you say, you know, say you've got a punnet of strawberries and a donut, 
you know, if you say, which one do I actually want? Okay, I think I do fancy the donut. That, you know, that's fine. It's also fine to want the strawberries, but because you haven't placed that kind of good and bad label on them, you're not then having that battle in your head with, oh, what should I have? What, what does my body want? And it becomes so stressful, like a really stressful way of eating. So making peace with food kind of really helps you to relax a little bit more around food. Yeah, no, I think that's that's a really lovely one, actually. And one I'm sure lots of our listeners can resonate with because it's like an internal battle that's constantly, mm-hmm. constantly happening. So that was point number... That was three. Um, next, we've got discover the satisfaction factor. And that's a really important one because there's this a really big difference between feeling full and satisfied mm. because you can so easily fill up on, I don't know, let's say a salad bowl and not feel satisfied because you might not have had enough protein in that bowl. You might not have had your essential fats or enough carbohydrates. Whereas if you have, say, um, let's say a piece of fish with some potatoes and vegetables, that's more likely going to satisfy you than that big salad bowl and after you've had that salad bowl but you feel really full you are still going to chase that kind of satisfying feeling which often may lead to you eating more because you're chasing that satisfaction factor and then you feel even more full and then you start to feel guilty and again it's just a really unhealthy place to be oh it's just um yeah one thing I know we do in the clinic sometimes is and it's actually a tip that we have in Renourish the book is that if you rate out of 10 how hungry you are before you eat Mm. and out of 10 how satisfied you feel afterwards because like you said I don't think we ever really think about it I think we're just so conditioned aren't we in society to um just think well yep I've eaten therefore I'm full that's what the main reason I eat is for rather than um associated with enjoyment okay so let's go to the next principles okay then we've got honor your feelings without Mm. using food and again that kind of delves into you know do you comfort eat why and when do you comfort eat or emotional eating whatever you want to call it it's completely fine that we use food to comfort us sometimes but when you're doing it every day or every other day or however often you're doing it that I always say to my clients when you comfort eat it should feel good you know it should be fun and enjoyable and you know you want to be able to sit there and say okay I've just had a whole box of chocolates but I'm actually like I feel content with that Hmm. whereas when you're doing you know the same thing every day and you are maybe overeating you know after dinner every day that's not going to feel good. You're going to feel guilty afterwards. You're going to beat yourself up over it. So let's find other ways that you can comfort your body without using food and say to yourself, look, I recognize I need to comfort myself right now. I don't think I'm going to feel very good afterwards if I do use food at this point. So what else can I use? And that might be having a bath or reading a book or calling your mum. Oh, I love that. Especially, I think just social interaction is is extremely important, actually. Sometimes it is the the missing piece. So Mm -hmm. that's a lovely principle. Yeah. And that's then followed by respect your body. And again, this one might take a while for people to be able to master. And that is all about kind of believing and telling yourself that you are worthy of nourishment. And, you know, you are not you, you do not deserve to beat yourself up over what you've eaten and what you think you should be eating or shouldn't be eating and to actually you know start to look at your body as if it's your best friend and I had this conversation actually with a few days ago and she explained how she was feeling to me and I said to her what would you say if your child said that to you and she was like oh my god that would just be devastating so yeah really about kind of connecting with yourself and being kinder to yourself 
Lovely. Yeah, so we've got exercise and feel the difference, which is really more about intuitive movement and not using exercise as punishment for what you've eaten. It's very ingrained in us as well, because even just those little slogans that have, you know, been in the adverts in the past 10 years or whatever, um, indicating that you need to work out to reward yourself with whatever food. Oh, I think it it used to be in gyms. It used to be, I remember going down the stairs (laughs) into one gym and on the wall, they would have, um, you know, one hour equals X amount of calories or um, this chocolate bar is the equivalent to running this distance. It's just, that messaging is quite toxic and Mm -hmm. it it does stick in your head. It's kind of scary, isn't it? How that, that stays. It does. And people end up, you know, getting on the treadmill and burning 300 calories and thinking okay I've burned off my chocolate bar now (laughs) like what an awful way to think well it's also not accurate and I think for anybody listening just to reassure you that first of all I think it's 40% those machines are 40% accurate within Mm. the gym so first of all it's it's not set in stone and it's impossible to actually know without being hooked up to all these different devices to know how much energy you burn um Let's go on to the last principle, Sophie. So the last one is gentle nutrition. And the reason that one is the final one is because it is usually touched on further down the line, because I believe that in order to, you know, get to the point where you're like, okay, let's really look at your diet and where we can make some improvements to your health. You have to have addressed the mentality behind your eating first. And that's not to say that we forget about nutrition until the end at all, Um, but we just don't want to go straight in saying, okay, let's see, you know, where we can improve X, Y, Z and not even discuss any kind of disordered relationship with food or any disordered eating habits that have been a problem up until now. Yeah, no, very important. So for everyone listening, I mean, those 10 principles may seem a little bit overwhelming, but mm. actually broken down, they're not going to be all done in one session, are they? And, and I'm sure Definitely this is not, not suitable for everyone. There must be a certain type of person this is obviously going to work for is that correct yeah I think you know I I do have clients that come to me with weight loss goals and I have to educate them on what exactly intuitive eating is because it doesn't cater to any sort of weight loss goal you do need to be aware of the fact that you have to and again it seems really scary at first but you have to be willing to kind of drop those barriers let go of those food rules start to trust your body a bit more and you might gain a little bit of weight you might lose a little bit of weight but that is not our focus our focus is optimum nutrition overall well-being and like I said nutrition definitely isn't forgotten about but anyone who wants to improve their relationship with food you know by all means please do try out intuitive eating yeah, no, 100%. It can be extremely successful because it's important, isn't it, that I think we listen to our body and we hear that phrase probably thrown around in all sorts of different environments and spaces within the media as well. But is it really important, So, like, How would you describe what is listening to our body? I know, it's so tough, isn't it? Because we're so out of tune with our body sometimes. Some people are amazing at it and they're really confident in knowing what their body needs and what it doesn't. But in my personal opinion, I think it's really important to listen to your body. But in my professional opinion, I will say that's really difficult sometimes. And it's not just about being able to say, oh, I feel like a really balanced meal today. That's what my body's craving. It's also being able to say, actually, I'm really tired and I need a nap in the middle of the day. Or I feel really sluggish. I probably should move my body. I know I feel better for doing that. 
And it really does come down to the individual and what sort of lifestyle they're leading. But it, going back to the kind of the foodie side of things, if you've eaten vegetables all day, of course you're going to be craving, you know, something with sugar or protein or fat in it because no one wants to eat vegetables. No one's satisfied eating vegetables all day and vice versa if you had eaten cake all day you're probably going to be craving something green or colorful mm, yeah no exactly I think the variety as well is is so so important for our souls not just mm -hmm. um not just for our, our nutrition because there are so many misconceptions aren't they I think I think one of the biggest ones of intuitive eating because we're focusing obviously on that as the topic of today's episode but mm -hmm. I think a big conception is that it can be quite um aggressive in a strange way like it's it's that way or no way at all if yeah. that makes sense do you know what that's actually my um concern with it as well is that some social media messaging around it can kind of give off this impression that it's some sort of cult and you're either in it or you don't get to be in it there's no kind of mm. dipping your toes in and that that's not how I believe we should be approaching it at all you know If you want to look at those principles and say, I'm not quite ready to delve into it wholeheartedly, but I do quite like principles three, four and six or whatever, that's completely you know, up to you. If you think you're going to benefit from dipping your toes in like that and taking a few principles to begin with, that is absolutely your prerogative and you, know, you might find some benefit from doing that. But there again, one of the misconceptions is it's, you know, you can eat whatever you want when you want. That's, you know, so out of control and It doesn't take into account that vegetables are really good for you. And again, I think the messaging has somehow been lost in social media. And it is really, really important that you find the right professional to work with because there might be other intuitive eating professionals out there who might practice differently to me and, you know, might give off different messaging to me. So please don't be, you know, daunted by it. If it is something you want to look into, you can dip your toes into it, get a feel for it, see if it's for you. And like I said, just, you know, go with a few principles first of all, see how it goes. And you can do it as slowly or as quickly as you'd like. Yeah, nutrition should definitely, and regardless of the approach, be an option for everyone and inclusive. I guess we should touch on the weight loss misconceptions. That you said earlier something that was quite poignant, I think, and important for, for the approach of intuitive eating. You said it's not for weight loss. Now, Why exactly would this be? So if you are using weight loss as your goal, often if you go on a diet, some people are so determined to lose weight that their health is often sacrificed. So if you have a goal of, let's say, you want to lose a stone in six months, you're probably going to do whatever it takes to get there. And you might not be eating the, the, you know, the appropriate amounts of fats that you need for your body or carbohydrates or protein, whatever food group it might be you might end up cutting things out because of their calorie content and you know all calories are different it's so kind of difficult to measure how they're even metabolized in the body because 100 calories of a piece of cake versus 100 calories of an avocado they're both you know absolutely fine foods to eat but they are going to be metabolized differently by the body so When we have a weight loss goal, we often have this quite narrow-minded approach in regards to food. And when you put that on the back burner and say, actually, I'm just going to prioritize my health, you can then start to say, I'm going to eat this not because, you know, 
it's low in calories or high in calories, whatever it is, I'm going to eat it because it's got a really good, you know, essential fat content. And I'm I'm aware that my body needs a bit more fat at the moment. Mm. So by just stripping that back and saying, actually, I'm just going to put my weight on the back burner. It actually allows you to get to know your body again and realize, you know, what it's asking for, or what it has been asking for. And like I said, sorry. No, 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 please do finish. I was going to say, like I said before, you might end up losing weight as a byproduct of what you're doing, but you might end up gaining weight as well. But it's, you know, it's not up for me to say, yeah, you're going to lose weight on this journey. Well, yeah, you're going to put it on. You have to be open to your body changing. Well, that's what I was going to say. That's the important part to remember, because I think the intuitive eating practice that you offer in the clinic has been so helpful that some people then go on once they've successfully got to a place they're happy with to then embark upon a weight loss journey Mm. afterwards. So I think it it could be open to everyone at some point in their life. Definitely. I I really do believe that. And like we, we said before, I do think some of the messaging has got lost on social media and it comes across quite aggressive. But that's not for us to decide. You know, if you want to try a weight loss approach and intuitive eating approach, that is your prerogative and we're not here to judge you for it. And I mm. do just want to put that out there that it doesn't have to be one approach and, you know, you're in it for good and you're a traitor if you leave that approach. Yeah, no, because I think it should be a way of life, shouldn't it, rather than just a a diet that lasts for a certain amount of time. It, it, it's a long-term life lessons, I suppose, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the more it's practiced, the more it will come more naturally to you. And we do also need to remember that intuitive eating does include, you know, having cake when you don't feel like it. You don't have to be hungry to have a piece of cake. And, you know, it can be flexible. Again, I think these principles are sometimes misinterpreted as rules and it's not just eating when you're hungry and, you know, stopping when you're full. There's, there's a lot more to it than that. And you, flexibility is a huge part of intuitive eating because you want to be able to go to your friend's birthday and have a slice of cake, even if you're not hungry for a piece of cake. But you want to be able to live happily in that, you know, situation that you're in and have fun with your friends. Yeah, completely. A hundred percent. I mean... Um, life is all about living and I think this will be quite a refreshing episode for so many people to just realize that you you know you you can enjoy everything in life you know there isn't a one-size-fits-all but I guess doesn't it doesn't mean saying goodbye to diets for good then if that's what someone wants to do later on like we just said so yeah that's really dependent on the person you know, theoretically, if you have pra- you've been practicing intuitive eating for a while and, you know, it's working for you and you're feeling great, then hopefully you won't be going back to any sort of diet. But let's say, you know, you're getting married in six months time. Maybe you would want to lose a little bit of weight. That's absolutely down to you if you'd like to do that. But I will touch on the fact that set point needs to be considered here. And mm. that basically means that we all set at a different set point because we're all genetically different. And if you are fighting your own set point, as in you want to be a smaller weight than you're supposed to be, once you give up that diet, you will put the weight back on. And I just think that needs to be mentioned and you know taken into account if anyone is still pursuing any sort of diet. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Oh, 100%. So for our listeners, the set point is a range, a range of a weight where your body will sit happily, where it's optimally healthy. And I think what we tend to find with research and um analyzing this sort of thing is that when people embark upon a diet um their set point can actually alter a bit can't it so mm -hmm. if you'll probably explain this more eloquently than I am right now <laughs> no no you were doing well but um yeah your body wants to be at its own personal set point so if you are fighting that set point your body's going to be actively trying to maintain this you know whatever weight is healthy for you but you end up I've seen this in clinic as well you know, clients come to me and they, their metabolism has just slowed right down because they've slowly been decreasing and decreasing the calorie intake. And what the body does is it responds to that and it says, okay, we're not getting as much energy as we need. So we need to take everything down and we need to slow our metabolism down because in order to stay this weight, we need to stop using so much energy. So instead of, you know, that food that you're eating being used for energy, it's just being stored because your body's like, we don't know when we're going to next have a decent amount of food. So we're going to store this energy in case we need to like properly go into survival mode exactly no that's exactly it and I think there's this is another reason why numbers are just not always the most helpful helpful way to go because you could see on the internet let's use BMI as an example that um, a celebrity has said the perfect BMI to be is I don't know 22 and you're 23 but your your body won't ever be happy at 22 mm -hmm. so it's always going to fight getting to it if, if that makes sense um, exactly yeah, that there's so many different things to consider. And and would you also say that a lot of people look at intuitive eating as a route into help with eating disorders then as well, things like binge eating perhaps? Mm, that's a really good question. There's actually been quite a lot of research behind intuitive eating helping with binge eating disorder. On the other hand, we've got eating disorders like uh, anorexia and bulimia. And if I will say that you do need to work with a dietitian or some sort of healthcare professional who specializes with eating disorders to restore your weight before you start practicing these principles that's not to say like I said before dip your toes in have a little look at what the principles are but you're not going to be in tune with your hunger signals or satiety signals when you are going to be needing to actively eat more to put on weight and that's why I guess there is more research behind binge eating disorder with um, intuitive eating because 
it's kind of a lot easier for them. You know, they've got the weight there. Whereas if you're severely underweight, there's no question, you know, you do need to put on the weight because we know as well from the research that you're not thinking straight and your cognitive ability is just not there. Mm. And I think it leads on to that kind of diet cycle where perhaps there's a a desire to be, let's use the word thin, because I Mm -hmm. think thin is still seen as the Western ideal, which can lead to obviously restriction. And then that's when the diet mentality kicks in, isn't it? That's when suddenly you'll think, well, what can I do about it? And it might lead to weight loss, but then that leads to hunger cravings. And then we go blow out and then you're left with those feelings of guilt. And because of the set point that we mentioned earlier, then the weight regain is perhaps a bit more tricky than it would have been without the extreme crash diet. It's it's exactly. tough, and I'm sure a lot of people listening have experienced that vicious cycle, haven't they? I'm sure they have. I honestly, I mean, I haven't met many people in my life, and that's inclusive of friends and family, that haven't had some sort of disordered relationship with food at some point in their lives. Yeah, it's... And, and what about exercise, Sophie? Can that be intuitive? Yeah, I mean, the, again, there's a lot more research coming out about this now, but... Again, it depends on you and the person is in regards to what you want to achieve. So we know that movement is so beneficial for us for many different reasons. You know, it helps with things like muscle mass, bone density, mental health, etc. And you don't need to be training ridiculously hard to reap the benefits of exercise. You can choose any sort of movement that works for you. And you should be moving because it feels great. And, you know, and you're getting those endorphins and feeling really fab doing it. There, you know, on the other side of the coin, you've got people who want their abs to show. So they might be doing more exercise around the aesthetic goals. And again, that's absolutely fine. But to answer your question, yes, you can definitely move intuitively and still, you know, get those amazing benefits that are well researched from exercise. Yeah, no, that's great to know. And we we do have our questions from our listeners today, Sophie, for you. And I think we'll start with Brenda's because it's a really, really important one here. She said, is gentle nutrition, which was the 10th principle we mentioned Mm -hmm. earlier of intuitive eating, and intuitive eating the same thing? So gentle nutrition kind of, let's say intuitive eating is the umbrella term. And then we've got those 10 principles within that. So gentle nutrition is kind of recognizing that, yes, we need to eat for nourishment. Yes, you know, there's certain things like omega-3s and eating your fibre day that are very well researched and are considered essential to the diet. But we're calling it gentle nutrition because we want to bring enjoyment into eating as well. So we need to acknowledge that when you are stressing over having that piece of chocolate cake, for instance, that stress that you're putting on your body is probably more harmful than actually saying, I'm going to have this piece of chocolate cake and I'm going to feel fine about it. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. So yeah, I hope that kind of um, explained it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. Now, Fiona has said, and this is quite interesting for me as a new mum as well. She said, I want to raise my children, um, should they're 10 and 12, as mm-hmm. intuitive eaters, but is there a safe approach? That's a really good question as well. And theoretically, we are all born intuitive eaters. So I'm sure you'll know, Rhiannon, when your little one wants food, he will have it. And when he doesn't, he'll tell you, no, I'm not going to eat it. Sophie, it's incredible. (laughs) It's like, honestly, I wish I were Zachary sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, I know, because he's like got it down to a T right now. Yeah. (laughs) 
Um, but yeah, there's some really interesting things that are probably is there's something for mums to think about. And this is actually something I grew up with is, you know, you're not allowed dessert unless you finish everything mm. on your plate at dinner. And, you know, it was a really good thing that you ate everything. And if you didn't eat every, any, everything on your plate, that was bad. And, you know, sweets were a reward. And that's where slowly these little kind of rules come into play. So my advice would be to kind of let them have their say and maybe, you know, have those conversations with them. Do you really feel like a dessert or does it feel like habit for you? You know, what what do you want for dinner? Do you feel like something um, with more protein tonight or do you feel like a bit more carbohydrates? You know, have you been playing football or whatever the kids are into? And just open up the conversation and don't have so many rules around, you know, when you're eating, what you're eating, why you're eating. Yeah, no, that's extremely useful. I think the language we use around our children is so so important and it is Eleanor I'll just get this question out she said will doing meditation or mindfulness help me getting into intuitive eating because she said she struggled to get into it oh I absolutely love that question um I would say yes um mindfulness we actually talk about mindfulness in intuitive eating as well and it can be a really, really helpful tool. And it can actually help with, you know, your appreciation for food and checking in with yourself and saying, you know, what am I eating? What does it taste like? How does it smell? You know, will I have it again? Is it satisfying me? That all comes under mindful eating. So yeah, I think that's a great idea if that's something you want to practice and help ease you in. Amazing, brilliant. And then our last question is from Sam. And Sam has said, I've been eating intuitively for months now, but I can't work out if I'm eating too much or not. How can I know? I think this is a very common one about portion sizes. Definitely. And I think that comes down to kind of the principle talking about hunger and to honour those signals. And, you know, are you satisfied after you're eating? And maybe going back to what you said previously about that hunger and satiety scale can be really, really helpful here. And I encourage my clients to check in with themselves before they eat. So you'd say, out of one to to 10, how hungry am I? Stop halfway through your meal, think, okay, has my hunger gone down? Has it gone up? Like, is it the same? You know, it might take some slowing down initially, but really trying to question how hungry you feel. And you can use things like, um, you know, does your tummy hurt or do you feel a bit weak? Can you think straight? All those signs that are kind of telling you that, yeah, you need more energy, they can be really helpful as well. Yeah, no, very, very useful. So thank you for taking those questions for us. I know it can be very tricky when you don't know the full health history. Um, it's very difficult, yes, but hopefully yeah. that gave some, <laughs> some help. Yeah, some tips, definitely. Um, right, we now move on to the fun part of the podcast, which will be our fact or fiction round. Are you ready? Yes, let's go. Here we go. Um, <laughs> intuitive eating is a diet. Uh, fiction. <laughs> I was like, what are the options again? <laughs> There's only two. <laughs> um, you should weigh yourself at least weekly. Oh, fiction. Learning more about nutrition is key to empowering healthy habits. Fact. The likes of going gluten-free and giving up carbs are just restrictive diets. Mm, I'm going to say fact, but, you know, there are, you know, if you're, glu- if you're celiac, for instance... Then, yeah, you know. well caveated that. Um, <laughs> zero calorie drinks do not affect your weight. I get, yeah, I guess, again, it depends on the person. So, or it depends how much of those things you're having 
yeah <laughs> yeah i love this it's a good wake up to always do a fact or fiction round um <laughs> reacting to hunger cues prevent overeating uh and that's so difficult because i want i want to get the message out that it is okay to overeat sometimes but being in tune with your hunger signals is obviously going to be helpful to you and help you not to overeat but again it is fine to overeat sometimes if that's what you feel like doing yes sorry there you go no that's a good answer it's a good answer um low fat (laughs) foods are healthier than full fat fiction definitely the main outcome of intuitive eating is weight loss fiction snacking is bad for you fiction and everyone should detox every once in a while fiction <laughs> well done there we go so that was a very good fact or fiction round oh, i felt a little bit <laughs> under pressure there <laughs> i know and for everyone listening um sophie was actually the first employee i ever had in the nutrition mm. clinic and work and i remember when we came up with the concept of doing a podcast a long time ago and um yeah, it was more fun writing these, I guess, than being on the other end, eh, so <laughs> Yeah, it was easier. <laughs> no, I was joking. I loved it. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> yeah, and um, obviously that does wrap up the episode today. It's been wonderful. And we do always finish with a food for thought. So I'll kick off today by saying that in my experience, um, I think... Too many of us are always looking, I guess, to other people for what will work for them. And we've mentioned a lot in this episode about finding what works for you and knowing to listen in to your internal cues. And of course, that is so much more difficult and easier said than done when we live in this crazy modern world um, with technology and we're busy and we're doing a million things at once. But we do know that it's fundamental to be able to do this, to have a healthy relationship with food. So... I suppose that's why, you know, the Retrition Clinic has an intuitive eating nutritionist like Sophie to be able to offer um, to offer that approach and to know what your inbuilt cues are. So, Sophie, if you could leave our listeners with a food for thought today, what would that be? Um, I want to acknowledge that everyone's intuitive eating journey will look and feel different. So, you know, if your friend is eating intuitively, don't expect your journey to be the same or even similar Um, it's really important to remember that there is so much more to health and wellness than what you're eating as well because yes nutrition is very important but so is sleep and hydration Mm. and your mood and how you talk to yourself so we can all benefit from tuning into how these things can impact our overall well-being and I just want to say eat foods that make you feel good do things that make you feel amazing and do not compare your version of wellness to anyone else's Oh, I love that. Sophie, thank Thank you you. so much. And for those that don't know, um, where can everyone find out more about you? And I do believe you've got a very exciting new book out. I do. Yeah. So I have first book released. um, It's called Forking Wellness. And you can find me at Sophie's Healthy Kitchen on Instagram, sophieshealthykitchen.com. And if you want to work with me in clinic, you can find me on Rhiannon's website. There we go. Well, Sophie, it's been an absolute delight to talk through intuitive eating with you. And thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, you'll absolutely love what's coming next week. So make sure that you click subscribe to be the first to hear it. And if you have the time to, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave a review so that we can reach higher highs in the charts and hopefully that will help us reach more and more people. 
For more information about my nutrition clinic, the books, healthy recipes, and so much more, please do visit retrition.com. And you can follow me on social media at Retrition on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 